Hello, Belinda. Hi, Omar. And this week we are joined live with the artist, the artist Arlene Kim Suda, who spent a hundred days illustrating a hundred different plants back in 2015. And who knew that that project, your hundred days of blooming love, where you really began to just listen to the plants would lead to the physical card deck, the 39 that you selected, and then a practice uh, that really exploded during 2020 and the pandemic and led us to leading you know, programs for healthcare workers and essential workers and leaders really across industries to, as of this Friday, April 8th, launching NFTs on Tezos, the clean NFT. Um, and we are now really starting to plant the seeds to our very own Meta Garden. How amazing is this? Oh, and we just finished season one of the Gratitude Blooming podcast, where all three of us really got a chance to dive deep into the original stories um, from you, Arlene, to the practices with you, Belinda, and really some of the interesting kind of history of each of the plants. And I got to sort of geek out on the etymology of each of the themes. And so this episode is really our chance to kind of reflect on season one uh, in so many beautiful ways. And it, and it, I don't think it's any coincidence that over the weekend, we just hit 10,000 downloads. Incredible. Yeah, amazing. It's really amazing to be here with you guys. And I wonder how many people out there really just want to say hello, Omar and Belinda. <laughs> hello. <laughs> it's so fun to be with you live uh, today, Arlene. You know, normally we get to connect with you through your story of the plant and the theme. And this time we get to reflect in this bigger way of how your art has inspired so much connection back to the earth. And so I'm just curious, you know, Omar and I are going to ask you a couple questions. Uh, and some of them are questions that, you know, have come up, you know, with our audiences and our gratitude circles. So I'd just love to hear for you, what was it like to reflect back on this 100-day project and record those stories to be shared in this season one of the podcast? Well, I have to say that this has just been beyond my wildest dreams. I mean, or imagination, really. I would, you know, when I started the 100 Day Project, I would never have imagined that it would have led to all the things that um, the art has led to, which is in part what is so wonderful about art. And um, doing art without expectation just really opens up so much. So, um it's been amazing being a part of the podcast. I have to say, you know, it's like the three of us are here, but Brian is with us. You know, our producer is here um, behind the scenes. Ooh, he definitely gets a huge oh, shout yeah. out. Yeah, I mean, that has been maybe the greatest joy for me, like recording these was, um, you know, Brian and I would have our like sacred time and, you know, we set aside an hour to record four or five uh, stories uh, in a sitting and we'd 
you know, wait an hour, we'd, we'd uh, schedule an hour, and we would be done usually in 30 minutes, because it flowed so um, smoothly. So it's really been a magical experience. But not everyone gets a Grammy-nominated uh, producer on their inaugural podcast series. So huge thank, uh, thank you, Brian, um, for for guiding us. And that's you know part of you know Arlene. Before you kind of continue on your reflections on season one, like I just love to sort of show that like a th- our top three podcasts. Um, are not ones that you would expect. So maybe I'll give, I already know you know what the top one is, but what's maybe the top two? What, what do you think is the top two? I'll ask Belinda and Arlene. Which, what do you think is the top two podcasts? Which theme? Well, I, I, don't, I don't know which ones are, are the most popular. Like, I feel like, Omar, you've you know, given us updates, but they've always been in passing. So I could say, you know, I, I feel like um, my favorite ones maybe are... The first one, uh, forgiveness. That that one just feels magical to me, in part because it's the start, and um, because I my brain like forgets everything so quickly. I'm gonna say the last one, Grace. Those are my two favorite <laughs> ones. <laughs> the number one episode is forgiveness, the greatest gift to give or receive, which I had such trepidations around. I was like, really, we're gonna have to start a whole podcast series on the theme of forgiveness, and yet. And we've aired it twice because over the holidays, we took a week off. And so we replayed it. And so not only is it the number one, it is also the number five uh, episode. So there is something about that theme of forgiveness, because I don't think there's a lot of places that people get a chance to talk about it. And I feel like, you know, one of the things that you and I, Belinda, talked about really is like, how do we give people permission, you know, to feel the things that they feel? So after forgiveness, uh, the next two are curiosity, and the theme was free yourself from fear, mm. and then joy and presence, you can hit pause. Hmm. And so I just, there is something about forgiveness being that, that feeling that we all have, but, or, or would like to have, and, and are having a hard time sort of reaching into and it's interesting that curiosity and freeing yourself from fear, sometimes we have fear, like, and that's, that fear stops us uh, from feeling sort of an emotion like forgiveness. And so how do we look at forgiveness with curiosity? And then joy and presence and telling people literally, you can hit pause is like, okay, maybe you need to stop, have a little bit of curiosity to face your fears, and then you can feel a little bit of forgiveness. Well, on the topic of forgiveness, you know, I, I'm flashing back to 2016 after Arlene had completed her 100-day project and she invites me to her house. And we have all of the artwork, the original drawings, you know, laid out on her floor. And we're just like trying to imagine, well, what could this look like as an experiential card deck? And Arlene, I remember a lot of, you know, we picked the 39 uh, artwork. Well, at that time, we actually picked 36 and out of the 100. And, you know, they don't all go in the order of when they were illustrated. But I do remember that the forgiveness card was the first illustration that you started with in the 100 Day Project. Is that right? It is. Yeah. It's so memorable to me because, you know, like whenever you start a new project, you know, there's always like you don't know what it's going to 
turn into. So starting with 100 days, I really remember the first day being like, what is this going to be? And it hmm. and it happened to be that, you know, and, and, you know, I encourage people to listen to the story. That is really how it happened. You know, it was, you know, picked a flower and then it started falling apart <laughs> on the first day. It's when I look back, you know, they all often say, you know, when you look back, it's sort of all makes sense. But like when you're like, in the you know midst of it, it really you just have no idea. It makes you realize that every day, every you know mundane or normal thing that can happen, you know, could just really bloom into something um, wonderful and collaborative. Well, that's what's amazing too is how universal these themes are. Because while obviously most of our listeners are here in the U.S., the top five countries. Um, outside of the U.S. are Australia, Germany, Canada, South Africa, and the United Kingdom, right? And then Egypt, uh, right after that. And then in top cities, we have L.A. representing, <laughs> San Francisco, Oakland, and then Jeddah, Mecca, and then Dusseldorf, you know, mm. um, and then Bogota. Mm. And so it's just, I think, fascinating that these themes... Uh, that really spoke to you. And I would love, you know, maybe, because this is one of the things that I talk about all the time when I'm introducing you with you not being there, like, <laughs> or only you being there through your cards. I'm like, she spent 100 days illustrating 100 different plants. She wanted to move from just inspiration into the practice of discipline. And what she learned was that she could listen to the plants. And so what was that listening to the plants like? Hmm. Well, you know, I, I don't know if it, this has really come across in the stories I've told, but um, when you're drawing something, especially if you're drawing something from life or from a photograph, it's like, if you think about it, it's like you're translating something apart from you into something that's like coming out of you, right? Like out of your own hand. And so that process of concentration, at least for me, it's like, um, I don't meditate, but it feels like the closest I've gotten to meditation, because it requires so much stillness and focus. And so it's like in that moment of translating this external thing and into, you know, something that is coming from my own hands. It's at that moment that I would hear these um messages really coming from the plant and it's not like the plant oftentimes in the stories I'll like speak like the plant and it's sort of how I imagine it I mean it's not like the plants actually spoke to me but um but I I, I did feel them speak <laughs> so I guess it's a it's a language that is um a little bit different than the one we're used to one of my favorite writers and uh, spiritual folks is Jay Krishnamurti. And he describes meditation as what you would do if you were to study a flower. Mm. And so it's so <laughs> interesting to me that that's what kind of came to you is literally the studying of a flower and then you feeling like you're meditating. And so in some ways, I feel like oftentimes people have way too many expectations of what meditation is supposed to be. And that expectation then actually interferes with the meditation itself. And so you just being present and studying 
and looking at the flower, not like what you're projecting onto the flower, but like, no, what is this unique flower, not your idea of a flower? That studying is a meditation. Yeah, right. I imagined it, it like a meditation, but that's a beautiful quote. And I had never really thought of it that way, but it that is really the experience that I had, you know, a- across the hundred days. And I, I should say, you know, we, I did this for 100 days, and we have 39 cards, of which most are ones that um, came during the project. But it almost takes at least, I feel like everybody has a number, and it, you know, out of maybe 130 of them turned out, you know, to be ones that we ended up sharing. So I feel like there's another lesson in that about just, um, you know, creating a space to, like, try out a lot of things and a lot of things aren't going to work out, but um, it will, it sometimes takes uh, that, uh, it takes a hundred just to get maybe 30 or less. So Arlene, I'm curious, you know, for you and for our listeners who might want to get into that meditative space with nature, you know, how did you prepare yourself to make that connection with the plants and um, what advice would you give to people who who want to be more connected? I do feel like I didn't take myself so seriously. So I, I, it's not as if, you know, there's any preparation. It was really being open, I think. I think so being open and almost, I mean, I started to see the plants as friends. So, you know, if I would start you know, a day's project and I would find a plan and I would try to, um, um, or I decided I'd try to draw it. It's like, I would, that's the best way I can explain it. It was like, I would try to be open. Like this was my friend and I was listening. So, so I, I feel like there's so much power and so much, um, so much possibility, I think when you slow down and stop and just notice things. So that would be my advice. I love that idea of just becoming a friend with a flower. Hmm. It makes it way simpler, right? Like that is, you know, that's the definition of self-compassion is just being a friend to yourself, right? Like how would you listen to whatever the pain is that you're feeling and respond like you would to a friend? And I feel like this whole process of, you know, because I've obviously been deep into the practice of gratitude and meditation for about seven plus years now. What I've really enjoyed with the gratitude blooming cards is A, it's just naming these emotions through the lens of nature. And so then all of a sudden, it's not just like, oh, this is um, just an emotion. It gives me a flower to then all of a sudden, like for me, like if I think about dandelions, I think about tenacity, right? And it gives me a different appreciation of like what the the dandelion is going through. And then what does the feeling of tenacity feel like? Um, And so, yeah, I love being a friend to flowers, being a friend to your emotions and feelings and not being so judgy. Yeah. And I think um, it's the other lesson is that there's something just about the listening. So with your good friends, I think um, listening is such an important thing too. So it's not just like, let's be friends with the flowers, but it's like really be open to listen to, you know, whatever they have to say. I'm convinced that 
they don't just talk to me. I mean, I think they would talk to everybody. Um, but it's like you have to slow down and make th- that space and be open to it. I'm curious for you, Arlene, um, when you're in that state of listening deeply, how does it feel in your body? You know, Omar and I have started <laughs> to really talk about embodiment being really a, an important part of like really feeling the feelings and then, you know, letting them go. And um, for you, what was that experience in your body? It's I think it was different for the different plants. And, I, you know, so I don't I didn't go in thinking about, you know, trying to feel grounded or trying to, you know, so I feel like the openness allowed the space to it's almost like to notice. So for the first flower, the forgiveness, the anemone, you know, it really was. So so the experience of listening to the anemone in, in this particular case was I brought in this flower and it started to fall apart. And like all I could think of was I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry is really literally how it happened. So where that came from in my body I guess I guess it is heart-based like you know where where does it come from when you feel sorry for hurting something I mean that was really the emotion that I felt was I felt like I hurt this flower I mean this was Mm. the whole um um you know the origin right of like why I paired the word forgiveness to to the anemone so that one was for sure through the heart um things like the dandelion that we talked about the tenacity. I mean, that that did feel more grounded, right? That came out of the earth and, you know, and that, that was just, you know, that came from the flower. So this is, these are, you know, just examples of what it was like to listen to them. Like the tenacity flower, the dandelion really was standing its ground, you know, staring at me. So um, I feel, I, I guess I would feel that like in my, you know, through my feet. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I think you said the key word for me, which is noticing. And, you know, and that's always been my like go to, right? Like the practice of meditation begins with noticing each breath. The practice of mindfulness begins with noticing change. And the practice of gratitude begins with noticing good, right? And each of these practices, it's about becoming aware of your noticing. And I think then there's something about, noticing without expectation right so when you notice without expectation then all of a sudden you really are in a space of receiving and so that's why listening feels like ears don't talk right like ears only listen and so to notice without expectation then is to really be in a receiving kind of place um you know, it makes me think of the Miles Davis that music is the silence between the notes. Because when you're comfortable with the silence, then what needs to emerge can emerge without your expectations. Yeah, it's like it's it's this has just been such an amazing journey because um, you guys have made me go to places that I would never have gone with these flowers, right? So, like I what? Mean, I, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you say this. Um, noticing well I noticed the plants when I drew them but then you guys are asking all these questions which are sort of making me go back I mean you know you've asked me can you record the stories (laughs) which you know is a question it's an invitation so you guys have given Mm -hmm. invitations 
to like revisit these plants in like a whole new, just in a whole new level. And, um, and I think that's so beautiful about what the work that both of you are doing is that I feel like you're giving this invitation, not just to me, but to others, right? You're offering, you know, these questions. And I, I find it um, so empowering, right? That the, a lot of times the answer is like within us. It's just we need the invitation or the question to to draw it out. So I feel like even the experience I've had with you guys is you're constantly drawing out these um um, stories and, you know, that are even surprising to me. Well, I'm so um, excited for us to, as we're, you know, closing season one, to imagine what's coming up in the future. And, you know, Arlene, you have been on this interesting journey of being present physically with these plants. And now Omar you know, is here kind of teaching us about this new world of Web3. And we've recently just launched, you know, a new digital collection of nine drawings of the Foxglove Sing card. And so I'm, I'm, and, you know, we don't know what the future holds uh, with this artwork. And I'm just curious to hear from you. You know, I know that there was some trepidation around this new way of expressing yourself through your art and what what is inspiring you to move forward into the unknown with this yeah i have to say um you guys have also made me take our take our own medicine the gratitude blooming medicine <laughs> in that i feel a lot of discomfort with nfts you know like i really as an artist i have a lot of it's 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 a whole unknown world that sometimes feels full of possibility and other times it doesn't feel so good for artists, I think. You know, um, I think my trepidation has been a little bit around, you know, we're such a culture that is doesn't, um, we've lost our attention span. And I feel like, oh, are the NFTs just going to be another distraction for us to like, you know, not be able to really note to notice a flower. But um, I've really had to lean into my curiosity. So the curiosity card is um, one that uh, I think um, describes my approach to the NFTs is I feel a lot of discomfort, but I kind of feel like there's something to learn in that discomfort. And so I'm following um, my curiosity. And it is an interesting, it has been an interesting journey. And when you say discomfort, I'd be curious, like, what is that? actually mean to you right is it a discomfort in that embodied sense that Belinda's always asking about is it a discomfort in your mind you know where does that discomfort really sort of sit yeah it's beyond just my mind I mean, there is something embodied about the discomfort. And I think, um, I, you know, I think we're living in times where, um, I don't know, I feel like art has um, not always been valued in our current um, society. And so it this does feel, there feels like a vulnerability in this whole new way of um, 
like transacting with art, right? So it's not just that we're sharing art, but there's like a transaction when this, you know, new currency happening. And so it sort of just turns that whole. Th- so yeah, I feel it in my body. I feel, you know, I, I feel like this. Um, it's a big discomfort. But I, I, d- I feel like there's something to learn in it. I don't feel like it's um, something to run from or hide from. I think that um, there's something really interesting to learn. And Arlene, as you were focusing, you know, on this one theme, this one plant, sing, representing, represented by the foxglove flower, what inspired all the nine variations of that flower? Because this is a different expression now, you know, before it was just one sketch for one plant and now you're you know trying to express one flower and all of it the ways that it um, just speak to us yeah and for context for the nft collection we had eight eight nfts that had additions of 11 and then one one of one um and so you know we wanted to kind of push the envelope uh and you know in the nft space they call it sort of generative art Right, which is like, how do you kind of push these traits um, that a piece might have that is similar to another one, but you you are adjusting it slightly different, and it's telling you a different story. And then you actually came up with themes for those as well. Yeah, it has been. Uh, so this was another invitation that was just really like a, a wonderful invitation to you know dream up different ways to represent like one flower and it's given me the opportunity to work digitally which has been fun and work with color you know like if um, any of you know the gratitude blooming card decks they're just pencil drawings a couple of pen drawings but they're not you know they don't have any color and uh textures so so really what was the inspiration behind the different there were nine total that we released um on tezos right on the tezos blockchain and um i was i was trying to um connect connect to nature but in a different way than talking to the flower so the way i connected with nature was through color so like how do we experience how do we experience color in our lives it's the light it's the changing light it's um, the daytime moving to night, you know, goes through twilight. So I think we have a twilight. I, I called it the spring twilight foxglove. Which was the, the most popular, by the way. Yeah. And the one and we I selected think, for the cover for this uh, show. Yeah, right. And, you know, whenever, when I think about it, it's like that is what happens to the light at twilight, right? And then there's a daydream um, one that's more yellow. I think that's our. <laughs> that's my favorite. But, you know, they were. And so, my daughter's. My youngest yeah. So I would say that each of the nine had themes of nature that were I was trying to express through color and um, and textures and patterns. And I think the other sort of opportunity that we're being given with it, 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 this feels really full circle, right? Like you started off with a hundred day art project. It had no expectation to become anything else. And then these beautiful cards emerge, the 39 card deck, which, you know, we've now sold thousands of. Uh, 
And then it became a practice where we created then this digital version, particularly during the pandemic and, you know, on Zoom and particularly around, we found in organizations that were trying to figure out how do you create intentional spaces and rebuild culture, right? Like a lot of culture had been lost um, in terms of uh, how do people work together. Um, and then now with the NFTs, we're sort of in some ways back to the art. Right. And we haven't sort of said this is how to use the NFTs. And in an NFT land, everybody wants to know the utility. And ironically, we've created a ton of utility. And now we're sort of like, but do we want to go backwards or do we want to go forwards? And I feel like we're really, you know, and this was a term that you came up with, B, which is the meta garden. Right. Like, what is this meta garden that we want to plant? And how are these NFTs the seeds of that? And, you know, and I just, I was talking to a friend right before this um, show and he was like, he saw my Instagram that I had posted the NFTs and he was like, I, I want to know more. He's like, if you're jumping in, there's something happening. And, you know, I just, I felt like what if we could create what Calm or Headspace created for Web2, right? Like they help sort of bring technology and help people really think about meditation in a different way, but there are some like, you know, downsides, I think to that, Like One of the things about apps was it was all about streaks and we know streaks actually has a negative mental health, just sort of like the like button, you know, on Instagram or whatever. Like we know that there's a correlation to poor mental health and these streaks and these likes. And so the technology was in some ways interfering with the very thing that you're trying to help address. You know, and this is for me where partly why I love gratitude as a practice is that it's a social emotion, right? And so that means two things. One, it's inherent within you, right? The emotion is there. It may be more cultivated than not, but it's there. And it's social, meaning that in some ways the best way to access it is in community. And so, you know, instead of being in these sort of like siloed, you know, we're each on our apps, we're each on our phone, we're each on these own practices. What I really do feel like with Web3 is there's a ton of community getting built around it, whether it's on Discord or Twitter and these other places. And it's about actually convening and bringing people together. And so it's like, oh, okay, this really does feel like gratitude is the right sort of value or virtue and feeling that we want to infuse in this space. Yeah, I'm excited to see how, you know, with our meta gardens, we could eventually create real life gardens too. And um, one of the things that was really special hearing your stories, Arlene, every week as we were recording the podcast was remembering um, several of them that you actually illustrated after visiting our retreat center in Mount Shasta and how it came literally from the land and how cool would it be to then be able to physically plant these gardens or, or um, have the art feed uh, the beauty of, of the earth in some ways. So I'm really curious what the future holds in that regard as well. And, and the ways that we are holding space for physical uh, blooming as well as digital and and then and then just holding all of that in a sacred way you know a way in which we're listening we're really honoring that connection 
back to the earth. Yeah, and I just want to say to what Omar was saying, too, about, you know, just the community that's growing on, um, you know, in the NFT space. I feel like that feels like one of the more um, hopeful possibilities for um the way art is shared in the future, I feel like the building of community um, is is really interesting to me as an artist. So like the concept of, um, you know, creating a meta garden and, you know, this is a place where, you know, if you've, you know, in, if you're involved with our community, you can be a part of the meta garden, but the meta garden is really like a metaphor for, you know, Na- the nature that's all around us, whether it's in like physical places or, you know, wh- wherever. So uh, I-, I feel like one of the hopeful things that um, I felt about the NFT space is, you know, what if we can kind of create, ironically, create a better connection to nature by, you know, first having these experiences in community on online. That feels like... um um a really would be a wonderful thing. Yeah, that nature piece. I don't know if Belinda, you want to talk a little bit about sort of your kind of connection to nature because I feel like in some ways the nature piece is even more powerful to you than the gratitude one. Well, I feel like they, they've they been a very parallel process. You know, I, I, I like you, Omar, felt like gratitude was such a accessible practice, uh, unlike a meditation, which, you know, felt hard and nature just felt like the medium for, um, practicing, uh, this connection or understanding life as expressed by all of the themes that you, you wrote in the, with the artwork, Arlene, it was like, um, for me, just having the opportunity to tend to 10 acres of land in Mount Shasta, California, and being able to bring in people in physical community on the land to essentially come back home to themselves, really, because nature in so many ways brings us back to ourselves because nature is is just itself. Hmm. (laughs) And I feel like as humans, you know, we, we get influenced by how should we be? How do we how should we live? What should we be doing and it's oftentimes very externally influenced. And, you know, when we go back to nature, it's like a reminder of like, who else, well, who am I at the core? What is it that, you know, is what is really going on? How do I want to be? Um, and I feel like this uh, seven years of just tending to the land and also helping to go grow gratitude blooming at the same time has been this important lesson of just you know, who, what, yeah, what is what is the essence? What is the core? What is the purest form, you know, of of everything, of, of who I am? How do I want to relate to people? How do I want to relate to the earth? And um, yeah, I feel like it's really interconnected in many ways. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because um, it makes me think of, I don't know, have you read the book Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind by Yuval Noah Harari? So it's it's really the sort of the evolution of humankind. And it's a super thick book. And I'll try to like give the briefest of brief sort of summaries. But in essence, 70,000 years ago, Homo sapiens were rolling around in East Africa and there were Cro-Magnon and you know, Neanderthals and there were other sort of cousins of ours 
And they were actually the big dominant sort of species. And we tried to bust out of East Africa and they said, no, no, you little people go back. And so we hung out there for like another, I think it was like 40,000 years. So 30,000 years ago, we then bust out and we ended up more than likely killing Neanderthals and Cro-Mandans and all these other sort of creatures. And the author's sort of hypothesis is like, well, what changed? Did we become stronger or smarter or any of those things? No. The thing that he thinks changed was that we created the concept of identity. And the concept of identity then allowed us to organize at a scale larger than 150, right? Which is sort of where social structures, whether they're in primates or Neanderthals and Cro-Magnons, sort of break down. And so then all of a sudden, 300 of us could roll through or 500 of us. And so to me, like this idea of identity is both sort of our greatest strength and our greatest weakness. Because as humans, then we create these identities and we're like, oh, this is who I am. And we actually then forget who we are because we're projecting sort of these sort of cultural values. And so meditation is in some ways a way to sort of shed these things and let them go. And so this is where I really do think that Web3 as a metaphor and us using the metaphor of a meta garden is then so important because what is this identity that we want to bring forward and how do we want to be present, right? And and so this is this is the great challenge of our times, I think, is around the concept of identity. If that's what allowed us to break out you know, 30,000 years ago. And what is that then to me, not to get too woo-woo about this, but what is that then shift in consciousness, right? Because that's all sort of identity in some ways is, is like, what are we noticing? What are we aware of? And then how do metaphors shape how we think about things, right? Like we're so embedded in the industrial age of like, time is money because we created a clock and created widgets. And now I think we have new, and I think this is where nature, again, as a metaphor, a very real one, right? Which is like, what does an ecosystem look like? How do we actually share spaces and resources? And what does that look like? And and this is where I'm hoping for season two, you know, we're talking to some other partners that we're putting in place that like, how do we bring some other people to into this conversation and really amplify it? So along those lines, you know, normally this would be the time in the podcast where we play, you know, some stories from previous gratitude circles that Omar and I've hosted. And we get to now do a live gratitude circle, really kind of asking gratitude blooming, you know, what does the future hold? And really asking nature, what do you want us, how do you want us to, you know, be the stewards of you. How do you want us to be your friend? And so um, Arlene or Omar, do you have a specific question we want to ask as we pick a card or should we just hold it more generally as an intention? Well, I'll just say as Arlene looks like she's thinking, I had a chance to officiate a a wedding this weekend and Right before the vows, I shared this quote from Bishop T.D. Jakes. And he said that the only difference between planting something and burying something is intention. Both require the moving of dirt, but only one expects transformation and growth. And so I think in some ways, what is that transformation and growth 
is to me the intention that I want to listen for. All right, Omar. So I've got the cards here and I'm going to hold it up and you just tell me I'm going to when it gets close to the mic. Yeah, I want to go for that first one that looks like it's already going to fall off. (laughs) This one, the very first one. Yeah, it looks it looks like it's like ready to go. Ooh, I it's saw, like I just r- saw ripe it. on the Ooh. vine, about to drop. What card did we get? Oh my goodness! There's the synchronicity here. Mm. I can't see it, so you have to tell me. Joy and presence. presence. Mm. Well, you know what's so funny about? I don't know if on your screen, but I have this like loud suck quote that keeps scrolling <laughs> yes. by, and it's like, <laughs> if you are depressed, you are living in the past. If you are anxious, you are living in the future. And if you are at peace, you are living in the present. And so it is awesome that we just picked the joy and presence card as I've had to watch this Lao Tzu quote go by for the last, you know, 45 minutes. This is one of our most popular podcasts, right? And it has the hummingbird in it. And I have to say, when you were talking about the... Uh, bearing uh, bearing something and either a seed or something that's died. Yeah, it's the same process. I I, I was thinking about the hummingbird because mm. the story behind this hummingbird is I had to bury it. Mm. <laughs> but it was it's interesting. There was a different intention in burying something, and it's not you know an intention that it will bloom, but. It was an intention that life will continue to bloom in some way, but just in a different way. Well, and it was also what I'm hearing. It was a ritual, which was really then about honoring life, right? And I think that's the other kind of piece that I've really come to appreciate with the gratitude blooming cards and and how we hold spaces. And, you know, you do this incredibly well, Belinda, which is, how do we create ritual to really acknowledge the passing of things? Um, and I think sometimes when we don't do that, then we like we are holding on to the past or we are sort of being anxious about the future. And so ritual, I think, in its best intention, is a way to process all these emotions and feelings so that we can be present, like that we can let go of whatever has been, let go of whatever is might be and just be here right now. So yeah. I'm 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 good with the joy and presence being the intention we set for our NFTs uh, and the building of our meta garden. I love it. I love it so much. Arlene, do you want to pick a card here? Do you have an intention that you'd like to name before picking well, a card? Yeah, I'm kind of curious about. Um, yeah, I would like to know what the cards think about the meta garden. I mean, they've <laughs> like they've had this, you know, wonderful life in re- in the real world and then they, you know, in drawings that I've made through art and then translated to the cards that you guys have really shared with so many people. So, I'd like to know what how they feel about um joining the metaverse. All right. Well, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going <laughs> to rotate these. Uh, towards okay. the mic and you just tell me which one. Oh, okay uh, that one sticking out that's just about to hit your fingers your this index one? fingers on it yeah okay. that uh, yeah all right here we go <laughs> let's see what this card says from gratitude blooming card deck Woo! the trust card mm. the wildflower 
That's funny because this card is the one that's one flower that is kind of an imagined flower because it was so small. Um, I had to kind of draw it from my imagination. So it's that's interesting that it's shown up. So what does that tell you about the Meta Garden, Arlene? Yeah. Well, we talk about the Meta Garden as being um, an imaginary world. So, you know, maybe this is, you know, the the plants are ready to join the imagined world. You're trusting the wild flowers to bloom wherever they are, right? Like there's some flowers where you're sort of really intentional about, you know, like, oh, I'm going to put this in a pot and, you know. I'm going to prune it and take care of it in a different way. Whereas I feel like the wildflowers are this like powerful reminder that nature's doing all of those things already, right? The plants know how to grow. The plants know how to do all these things. And so our role is really much smaller. Um, Sometimes we can elevate the role of a gardener to be something significant, but sometimes it's just important to realize there's a bunch of other things happening that have nothing to do with us. And I love the prompt for this one. It's card number five. Trust that all shall be well. Can you allow space for resolutions to emerge, even in difficult situations? Would you like to pick a card before we uh, begin to wrap this show? Sure, I'll pick a card. And I think what I'll say... Oh, um, Brian, did you have a story? Oh, no. That was from before. Okay. So what I will say is I would like to just leave it up to Mother Earth to give us a message to guide us in this next stage of the unknown. What is most important for us to know right now? You all will love this card. It's card number 18, simplicity, Mm. represented by the daisies. (laughs) Keep it simple. (laughs) Yeah, we've been talking about, you know, there is a beauty in having some constraints around the resources that you have to grow your garden. And I feel like from both of you, I've learned so much about just how do you make the most of what you have and and not dwell on the limitation, but also, but see it as a strength. Mm. That, that to me has been the biggest lesson of this journey, this journey since 2015. <laughs> and I also love this prompt. It says, if you were to simplify your life, what would you choose to keep? Mm. And I would say I choose to keep the imagination growing because it feels like there's so many signs pointing to new ways of being, new ways of living, new ways of connecting, new ways of creating. And I feel like we're all being asked to find those new ways in service of, of the earth and uh, in service of humanity right now. So joy and presence. The wildflower is, what again? The wildflower trust. is trust. And simplicity. All right, I I, I can uh, I can work with these uh, going into the metaverse and building our meta garden and creating new metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> so, any um, last words you'd like to share um, in this 
reflecting of episode one and, you know, Earth Day right around the corner. And we have a 15% off um, for anyone who's listening. Uh, Earth Day 15. You can use it at gratitudeblooming.com. Get 15% off uh, your card deck. I have a closing practice whenever we're ready. Awesome. Arlene, do you have anything to share before we close? Uh, Other than just my gratitude to both of you for having me here today. Thank you. Thank you. (sighs) Oh, boy. So this is going to air on the week of Earth Day. And I kid you not, I had planned this practice before hearing you talk, Arlene, but the synchronicities continue to grow here. So this practice is be a friend to the earth. So think of a friendship that you cherish in your life and all the love and attention it takes to nurture that friendship. For this week of Earth Day, I invite you to go to a place in nature that is special to you. And I invite you to sit with the trees, with the plants, with the creatures all around, and really pay attention to the earth like you would a dear friend. Notice the smells in the air, the feeling of the earth as you touch it with care, and the beauty that you see around you. And in your own way, I invite you to give gratitude to the earth like a dear friend. Maybe it's a hug to a tree nearby. Maybe it's just whispering your gratitude as you sit. Maybe it's even adorning the space with even more beauty as a thank you to the earth. May this just be the beginning of your friendship with the earth. As you practice being a friend. Thank you, Belinda, for that wonderful practice for this next week. I'll definitely be holding it as I head out out to uh, hopefully some national monuments. Arlene. Thank you so much for joining us live. Hopefully we can do more of this. Uh, I always love your stories, but live (laughs) is wonderful too. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you both. Bye.